Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. Please open your Bibles to Psalm 23. Uh, You may know it by memory if you had the good pleasure of growing up in the Lord, but nevertheless, it's good to have it open uh, to this very familiar text that we so cherish and value that we're spending this month together in as we consider the Lord as our good shepherd. There was a man who cut his thumb, and he went to the hospital. His wife told him he should go, and so he went to the hospital, and he walked into the the emergency room, and there were first two doors there, said male and female. So he went through the male door, and then when he got through there, it simply said, above the waist or below the waist? He said, well, I guess above the waist. So he went through that door. He went through there. It said, there were two other doors. It said external or internal. And he went through the door that said external. He went through, uh, went through that door. There's another set of doors. And that set of doors uh, it said major injury or minor injury. And he said, well, it's a minor injury. So he walked through that door, found himself back in the parking lot. And so he got in his car and went back home. And his wife said, would you get any help at the hospital? He said, no, not really. But boy, are they organized. (laughs) You know, um, I hope when you go online, you go to our website, you can see that, boy, there's a, there's a, they are really organized. It's easy to navigate. I hope you find that to be true. You, You find some direction for your questions. I hope that you walk into our facility that you find, boy, they seem to be ready. They seem to be prepared and organized. But more than anything, I hope that when, that when you're online, you're navigating the website, you're in our facility, that, that you sense the presence of the Lord, even if it's electronically, that there is the presence of the Lord. You know, God himself is a tremendously organized God. From, from before the foundation of the world, he outlined his plan of redemption from his own heart and mind. And he unfolded that very naturally according to his timetable through the ages. And at just the right time, Jesus was born. And so organization is a good thing. But as he was unfolding his plan, he always made himself clear that he wanted to be with his people. He wanted them to enjoy his presence and his leadership in their lives. And I trust and so hope that's what you're discovering as you continue to grow in the Lord. I said last week that this psalm is an incredibly personal and intimate psalm. You don't find here doctrine. You don't find really commandments for living. Uh, What we do find is this sense of God's presence And his joy of simply being with us and leading us and enjoying the relationship we have with him. Because this is so personal, I want us to to read aloud together um, Psalm 23. And what what you'll have before you is uh, the New Living Translation. And uh, we've highlighted words of the scripture. And I want us to emphasize the psalm when we read it. For instance... The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. That's how we're going to read it, okay? So slowly, and whenever we see the word, the personal pronoun highlighted for ourselves, we will emphasize it. 
So read with me, please. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the spirit of this psalm. We thank you for the rest we find here in just reading it together. We thank you, Father, that you are the great I am that has revealed yourself to us. And one of the ways you've done that is by giving us this beautiful metaphor of a shepherd who loves and guides, protects, and leads his sheep through the darkest valley of life. So I thank you. We have time to meditate on these few words tonight. I pray we take them in and we find refreshment for our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the good shepherd is the only one who can truly satisfy us. Long before Mick Jagger ever rocked it out with, I don't get no satisfaction, that has been the beat of people's lives all through the centuries. Satisfaction, everybody wants satisfaction, and yet they look in the wrong places. They look everywhere. Right up to today, this very day, throughout the world, people are trying to find satisfaction. And that the only way we have discovered that can really be satisfied is by knowing him, knowing God, our creator, knowing Jesus, our savior, as the good shepherd of our lives. You remember in Jesus' ministry, that he was weary and he's trying to get away from the crowds. And so he, he went across the Sea of Galilee to the other side with his men to get some refuge. And when he got to the other side, the people had been following him. And so they ran around the circumference of the, of the lake and they were there waiting for him to get off of his boat. And so here were these, here was this mass of people, 5,000 5, families and all. And as he's teaching, it became apparent that they were hungry. They hadn't brought any food with them. And we love that, that this scene in Jesus' life. We're so familiar with it, most of us, where, where the disciples come to Jesus. These people are hungry. And Jesus said, find something to eat. Find them something to eat. And he, he said, us? No, I, I, we'd send them to their own towns to get food. And Jesus said, no, you, you give them something to eat. And the only thing they have is this little boy's lunch. And the little boy is willing to give it up. And it gives it to Jesus. And then Jesus, being the organized person that he is, he has people sit down. The Bible says there was plenty of grass there. And he has them sit down in those green meadows. Sometimes God has us lay down in green meadows, green pastures. Sometimes he has us sit down in green pastures to feed us. 
And that teaches us by itself that sometimes we have to just stop. God makes us stop to think and to meditate, to enjoy his presence. Just being in his presence alone does something to stir us. And Mark, the gospel writer, records that they all ate and they were satisfied. In fact, there were 12 baskets full left over. If you remember the account, there was nobody walked away that day saying, well, I could have had more. No, there was plenty for everyone. And there always is when the Lord is your shepherd. It's true for those who decide that Jesus will be their source of nourishment. And that's what the good shepherd does so well. He always satisfies. So there are four words that pop out to me as we move on in Psalm 23 tonight. And that, that, those four words are green pastures and still waters. They gain our attention. We would consider these words, I shall not want, or I shall not lack, or I lack nothing, or as we read tonight, I have all that I need. What does that mean? First of all, our needs are met. Someone has suggested that our needs All our needs end with six letters, T-E-R-N-A-L, ternal. And the Lord meets every one of these ternal needs. He meets our external needs, our food, our clothing, our provisions, our finances, the necessities of life. He meets our eternal needs, our relationship with God, salvation, heaven, everlasting life. And he meets our internal needs, love and meaning and purpose and friendship and peace and reassurance and resilience and courage and so much more. Jesus said in John 10, whoever enters through me will be saved, will come in, go out, find pasture and life. You know, sheep eat while standing up on all fours. That's what they do all morning. They eat. They graze. And then, you know, sheep have the same kind of system in their stomachs as cattle do. They have these different compartments. And so they store food for later in one of those compartments. They find it, it finds a compartment that's empty. And then they they keep it there until later they will find a shady place. And they will lie down in those green pastures. And then they regurgitate that after chewing their cud. And then, and then they'll re-swallow it in great pleasure. You know, one of our adages is you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, evidently sheep can, only it's grass instead. The point is, when we read, he makes us lie down in green pastures. It's saying that his sheep have grazed, they have filled themselves, they are leisurely rechewing, uh, what rechewing whatever it is they took in, and they are satisfied. When the Lord is our shepherd, the same thing is true. He'll see to it that one way or the other, our needs are met and we rest in him. Now, be careful through all this because, you know, there are needs and there are wants. And our needs list gets pretty long. And sometimes God has to clear out that need list and help us hone down what it is we really, really need. And he guides us through that. He promises to take care of us. How many testimonies could be given by, by any of us on all the kinds of ways that, that God has met our needs as our good shepherd? Our needs are met. Second, our minds are content. Sheep won't lay down in green pastures or anywhere else where they are troubled, where they're insecure, where they're frightened. When our shepherd is near us, when we stay close to him, 
There is a kind of ministry that he performs where we can rest, we can be secure in him. Anxious thoughts begin to retreat the more we draw near to the heart of the shepherd. When we value his word and his promises, contentment comes as we realize that he, is, he cares about us, that he is near and dear to us, that he's meeting our needs. That knowledge imparts an attitude of a quietness of spirit. Isaiah the prophet says, quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Job wrote, when he gives quietness, who then can make trouble? Isaiah again writes, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted. He also writes, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Now we, we naturally tend, if we're left in the flesh, we naturally tend toward covetousness. Not being satisfied. We have a hard time relaxing when we're not content. We're prone to what to 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 want what we don't have rather than to enjoy what we do have. There's always something else. And so we're so often striving for something more, something straining ahead for something else to claim for ourselves. And a truly contented person. Um, can still be ambitious. We should be ambitious. God made us with people that, 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 as persons, that we want to do better. We want to do better with our lives. So we can learn how to be ambitious, but also how to be content in the midst of all that as well. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. It's good and right to have goals. We should have goals. But in the process, we're always learning to give those to the Lord, and then he, he, he leads toward the outcome, and he blesses accordingly. Um, he, he, we have certain desires of the heart, but he helps us shape those desires, and he helps satisfy us in his own way. The Christian life is a simple life, and a holy life is one that is quiet and contented at its core. In our world of greed, people measure success by accumulation. Disciples of Jesus measure it by appreciation. Are you learning to increasingly be thankful and all that God has done and that all that he supplies for us. I hope that's true. Hebrews 13 says, keep your lives free from the lust of money. Be content with what you have. God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The 19th century preacher, William Henry Channing, uh, provides this great quote. To live content with small means, to see elegance rather than luxury, and refinement rather than fashion, to be worthy, not respectable, and wealthy, not rich, to listen to stars and birds, babes and sages, with open heart, to study hard, to think quietly, act frankly, talk gently, await occasions, hurry never, in a word, to let the spiritual 
unbidden and unconscious, grow us through the common. This is my symphony. You want to chew on that for a while? <laughs> I mean, those beautiful, the beautiful way of just expressing all that we have around us to be still and to be quiet and value all that God is and all that he's done. Stay tuned to heaven's music and all God is communicating. Uh, come to think of it, if you just go back a few months, about six months to the beginning of the pandemic, do you remember people talking how nice it was to be simple for a while? To have to stay home? To have restaurants closed? You drive down, you drive down streets and, and, and at 40 and then all the chairs are on top of tables. And you can't go in. You may even have had to cook a meal or two. I mean, it's, it, it was an interesting thing that people began re-pleasuring re, uh, re the simplicity of life. That's what we have to have time for to value our relationship with the Good Shepherd. You know, what if you knew for certain that every need would be met in your life? What if you knew that the creator of eternity uh, was your best friend? What, what, if you, what if you were convinced that a heavenly, a heavenly home was awaiting for you at the end of this life? What if you knew that your life had meaning? What if, you knew, what if you had God's guarantee that everything was going to be okay? That somehow he was going to bring everything together? What if you had total access to the throne of God 24 hours a day? What if you, what if you had someone who died for you, who died for your sins and gave, breathed new life into you and had you look forward to a resurrection and that was to happen? What if you knew that the Lord was your shepherd? The point is, all of that is true in Jesus Christ when you let him be the good shepherd of your life. That's why we love being disciples of Jesus. This is what we get to enjoy. He is, he is. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. And we can attest to that in so many ways. You know, sheep don't run very much. They are not sprinters. They are happiest when they are calm and quiet. They're not lethargic. They're not lazy. They're just content. And the word contentment comes from two Latin words that mean to hold together. That's what contentment is, to hold together, which is the opposite of falling to pieces. Contentment is saying, the world may be falling apart around me. I may not know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to work out, but you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm glad he's leading the way. And he can be trusted in all ways. I hope you are learning that. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. And it is. So instead of reminding ourselves all the time of what we crave or what we really want, let's remind ourselves of what we really have. What we can enjoy today. Build some quiet zones into your life. And, I, and some of you are thinking, you've got to be kidding. Quiet zones in my life? My life, it, it's a shambles. I don't have time for things now. Well, work it out. Figure it out. If you do not have, and I know we harp on this so much, about being quiet, having a daily time in the Word and prayer. But brothers and sisters, it's for our benefit and for the glory of Christ. We have to build into our lives quietness and reflection time. 
And time when you're not even speaking anything, where you're not even listening to anything or reading anything, you're just being quiet before the Lord and basking in the fact of Psalm 23, that the Lord is our shepherd. I challenge you to do that if you're not doing that. A great old writer of generations past, William Evans, observed, it is generally recognized as being a very difficult thing to get God's people to thus lie down. They will do almost anything and everything else but that. They will run, walk, fight, sing, teach, preach, work, in a word, do almost anything and everything except seek seasons of quiet and periods of retirement of secret communion with God and quiet soul nurture. We do not like pauses. But from the rush into the hush, Jesus calls us. Our needs are met, our minds are content, and our souls are fed when the Lord is our shepherd. Green pastures are a biblical image, of course, of God's word. Psalm 37.3 says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Green pastures have often been a picture of our personal time in the Word of God. Uh, even our English word, pastor, uh, is the same root as pasture. So it's there. Our, and so when we come together, Luke and I have the privilege and the responsibility to feed God's people when we come together, when we're watching online, when we are tuned in, whatever it is, our responsibility is to do that. It's the elder's responsibility to make sure we are within those guardrails, that that's what we are doing. And so we take this most seriously. It ought to be when you walk out of the assembly, when you go offline, whatever it is, that you have something to feed on that you have something to think about, that there's something to chew on, something to digest. I hope you don't regurgitate it, but I do hope it, that, it, that it digests through your system, that is something that's feeding the deepest part of who you are. That's our intention. Jeremiah 3 says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Part of being fed is also given water to drink. Sheep fear water. Green pastures still waters. Now, why do they fear that? Well, my guess is if you were wearing a full coat by a swimming pool, you may not want to get too close either, thinking how you're going to get out of there. I mean, they're, they're smart. So rushing waters make them afraid, fearful. And so they like still waters. That's where they're drink. Now, now one, one sheep herder, observed that it didn't seem like his sheep were drinking very much. And he wondered if they were taking it. Then it, it hit him that in the early morning, when the dew is heavy as they were eating the grass, it was, it was also the, the, the dew of the morning that was also coming into their system, giving what they need. And I love that imagery of us being sheep, following the good shepherd, and being fed by the word. Because when we open the word... It is the, the beautiful, refreshing dew of the Holy Spirit of God who brought this word into existence, who, who inspired writers, who God breathed this word into existence by the Holy Spirit. So when we are taking the word of God in, it is also the pleasantness of the Spirit himself that we are enjoying. 
And I love that about the, about the assimilation of both the, 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 the green pastures and the still waters coming together just in the word of God. It, that these scriptures are spirit-drenched. And sometimes we wonder why we aren't stronger than we are. How can we be if we're not feeding on the word and not assimilating into our life, not drinking from the spirit of God himself? This is, this is the beauty of having the good shepherd and the joy of being his sheep. So empty your hands right now if you have anything in them. And so we're going to practice an exercise. So uh, we're going to just walk through these opening verses. The... Grab your thumb. That's for thee. You remember in school, thee is a definite article. It's not indefinite like a or an or, 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 or whatever. It's thee. When we say the Lord is their shepherd, we're talking about a specific person. Not just any God, but thee I am, the Lord. The index finger is our pointer finger, <laughs> And we use this finger to point out. So we point this finger to the Lord. He is the one only qualified to be our shepherd. That's who he is. The middle finger, typically our longest finger, is the word is. The word is is in present tense. The Lord is. The same God who we worship today is the same God Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are worshiping right now in the realms of glory. That's a magnificent thought, isn't it? The Apostle Paul is worshiping there. The Apostle Peter is. And all the faithful people uh, are, are in this, this place that's a mystery yet to us. And he is their God, and he is our God. He is always present. The Lord is my this comes on the ring finger. When a man and woman fall in love and they get married, there's a ring that goes on the finger that denotes a covenant relationship. When you surrender your life to Jesus, when you're baptized into him, it's the same as putting a ring on your finger. And a covenant relationship has been entered. And when you do that, you're, you're going to be able to say, he's not just a shepherd. He's not just people's shepherd. He is my shepherd. And then the last, of course, shepherd, my shepherd. And I think there are a lot of times in life we need to hold those two fingers together. My shepherd, when you're going to an important meeting, when you have to make a judgment and you, you need wisdom, when you're entering surgery and you want to remember my shepherd is with me, he is, takes you back to the psalm. When you're about to have a child, you're going through a difficult time with a child. You're saying, God, please be my shepherd. And then maybe that last finger comes last. Because at the end of every day, we want to look back and know, man, today, the Lord has been my shepherd. Out of every conversation, the Lord was my shepherd there. Every decision, I, 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 God, thank you for being my shepherd. So that the end of our life, we can hold on to that finger and know, you know, that's who you are to me, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow to death itself.
Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we can address you in so many ways, and we have, but we are so, we are so thankful, Father, that we have this imagery of who you are and who you want to be for us. And Father, we know our tendency to wander. We know how easily frightened we can become, how helpless and dependent we are, that, that how, how dissatisfied we are in all other pathways of life. It's only in you, Father, that we have found rest. We have found solace. We have found a place to lie down. We have found a place, a person to come to that calms our fears and guards us from the enemy. We have found in you the one through our darkest valleys is faithful and gets us through to the other side. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so dear and so intimate and so desirous to have us as a part of your flock. And right now, Father, we are grateful again for these precious emblems to us that represent not only this shepherd that leads our paths, but also the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. And so we thank you, Father, that you have demonstrated what this full trust looks like in your own death on the cross, that you followed your Father to the point of death. And we want to live that way, Father, as well. We want to live that way, laying down our lives for the sake of those who are not yet a part of the fold, who need to be brought in. So thank you, Father, for the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we take these emblems now with thanksgiving and praise to you, our Savior, who is also our Lord and our faithful shepherd. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.